Welcome back to another episode of the Aim For You Ladies podcast, where we focus on self-acceptance, our mindset, and living our best life. I'm your host, Sophia Tuckett. If you haven't yet done so, smash that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to rate this podcast. I had the opportunity to sit with Cassandra Dunbar from Be Well Sis, which is a wellness podcast. Listen in, we are exploring sisterhood and mothering. I'm excited to have Cassandra Dunbar joining me today from Be Well Sis, the podcast, and she's going to share with us her journey and how she got started with her podcast and where she's at now. Hi, Cassandra. Hey, how are you, Sophia? I'm well. So with you and your podcast, I want to um, just hear a little bit on why you got started and how you came up with your name. Oh, yeah. Um, So the way that I got started with podcasting is I had been thinking about it for a while and just never did anything about it. Right. Um, I decided to take the podcasting route because I figure it's really accessible. Most of us have smartphones um, and I wanted a free medium that will allow people to get information on wellness. Um, My demographic is um, Black millennial women because in the wellness space, I find that we are often neglected um, as well as also while, excuse me, being um, the worst affected in terms of um, health outcomes across the board compared to our peers. So I really want to create a space where we can get information on how to be well and really make it um, allow us to take control of our health and our wellness by listening um, to conversations by different experts throughout um, different facets of wellness. So whether it's reproductive health, mental health, financial health, all of those things, I really wanted a space where we are seen and we are heard. Um, The reason I started podcasting is also because I was burnt out and my therapist was like, all right, so what is something that you can do for yourself? Because she saw that I was doing everything for everybody else and I needed a space where I can just be me, not be mom, not be wife, not be daughter, not be employee, not be employer, but just be Cass. Um, so I decided to start a podcast and yeah, the name came because I was trying to figure out what is something short and sweet um, that kind of speaks to my demographic and speaks to what I'm trying to convey. And I literally was in the shower and I was like mulling it over and be well, sis, came to me and I like hopped out the shower and I told my spouse, I'm just like, what that, how's that sound? He's like, that's the name. So it just stuck. <laughs> I love that. So how long have you been with your show for? Um, so I've been podcasting since 2020. So my first episode went live February 16, 2020. And then, yeah, so I've been really more consistent since March of 2020, right? When everything hit the fan, essentially. Yeah. And what have you learned about yourself on the journey of podcasting? Oh, I've learned so much. I have learned um, about the power of sisterhood. I'm an only child and I've always felt like, well, born alone, die alone. And I've always had a really small circle of friends Um that I've known since forever. And I've been, and I am an introvert by nature, but I realize it's so important to have a circle or community of women that are invested in you as you are in them. 
And um, that's what I've, that's been my, my biggest lesson um, has been to be a little bit more open, even though I am an introvert, still be open to um, meeting new people, speaking to new people and just broadening my circle a little bit. That has been like just the greatest gift from podcasting. Oh, it's so true <laughs> because even when I reached out to you to um, join me on the show, you were so welcoming. And I was like, I was hesitant, but I'm like, what is the worst thing she could say? No, <laughs> that's really what I was thinking. Right. So yes, thank you for being here. And when you think about sisterhood and, you know, you were just describing that a little bit, right. Stepping out of your comfort zone to embrace that. What has sisterhood brought into your life that you cherish the most? Oh man. I, uh, I feel like in this season that I'm in, um, with all the roles that, that I have, right. Um, that I think a lot of us have, um, at this stage in our life, whether we're parents we're business owners, we're employees, we're in relationships, um, sisterhood has allowed me to just be present and be myself without really any real expectation to be anything else. Um, all of the other roles, uh, they require that I, um, that I have some responsibility, right? Um, so as a, a mother, I have to care for my kids. My kids are still small while they're dependent on me, right? Um, even as a spouse, um, there are things that I have to do to make this thing work. So um, I think sisterhood has just been a place where I can just show up as me. And I think a lot of us have lost ourselves, at least for me, I lost myself in motherhood, in um, my relationship. And sisterhood has been what has allowed me to kind of reclaim myself, my own autonomy again. Um, life is hard. Life is crazy. It's complicated. And, and for me, I realize it's so important to speak to people who are going through similar things than you or who may have been there and done that and can give you some perspective. I have tunnel vision, unfortunately, which I'm trying to break out of. I see things a certain way. And for me, the gift of sisterhood has been like, when I talk to people about certain things, they offer different perspectives and just broadens my whole horizon, whether it's like a conflict that I have or whether it's like trying to grow my business, right? Um, there are so many different ways of doing things that sisterhood has allowed me to see. So it's given me just more eyes, essentially. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Great answer. And what is one thing people get wrong about you? Ooh, that I'm really serious. People think that I'm super serious, um, especially people on like the online space who have never met me in real life. Um, yeah. So yeah, people think that I'm super serious and I'm not. Even when you first meet me, um, I am kind of reserved, but I'm just taking it all in, right? Mm. Um, not serious at all. I'm... I'm quite goofy and I'm trying to, to not be so goofy. I'm like, I'm getting too old to be like this. I'm like, when am I going to grow up? But yes, I'm very goofy. There's a joke in everything for me. Like there's just always a reason to laugh. Sometimes it's inappropriate, um, but <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because I naturally have like a resting mad face not Same. even mad just like I'm resting like serious face and I've Same. gotten that before like I can be in my head with the in the best spirits but I'm not smiling about it Same. right 
Yep. Yeah. So Same. it's like, sometimes I literally have to, I'll be like doing the dishes and the kids are doing foolishness. I literally just put a smile on my face. Cause it's like, Sophia, why are you so straight face right now <laughs> for no reason? And I, I can definitely agree with that. Um, what does self-acceptance mean to you? Oh, self-acceptance. This has been something that I have been working on actively in therapy. Self-acceptance is not only accepting the good about me, but also accepting the things that I'm still working on. And I'm trying to be intentional about my language. So before I would have said the bad things, but there aren't that many bad things about people, right? There are just things that we're working on. So self-acceptance means embracing who you are at this moment. You know, there are some things that I'm trying to adjust, um, but in the meantime, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm just going to try to do better um, and just not be such a, a harsh critic of myself. What motivates you to live your best life? Oh, my kids, my kids. I realize that they do not listen to most of the things that I say, but they absolutely mirror everything that I do. And my kids, they're still small. So my oldest is seven. My youngest is three. And they are the most confident and inquisitive and um, just overall happy kids. And I want them to keep that. So I feel like in order for them to like stay that, I need to be that myself. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, that's what it means to be um, living my best life is just to like embrace all of me, still be really curious about the world and not to think that I know it all because I do not know it all. Which I speak myself up about. I'm just like, girl, like you are in your mid thirties. Like, when are you gonna know it all? Never, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're always learning, right? Mm -hmm. Such a great answer. And even with, I do find that being a parent, you like you compare your your childhood, your own childhood, with what you're giving your kids. Absolutely. And, yeah. So when you see what you received. And maybe you're not okay with it. You mm -hmm. naturally are just like, I can't do this to mm -hmm. my kids. Mm -hmm. yep. Right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. My, um, there was, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Mylik Teal. She, um, she has this business called the Curl Box. Um, the Curl Box is like, um, it's a subscription box. It's like the first subscription box um, in the U.S. for Black women with natural hair. So oh. I've been following her for years because I used to buy the subscription box, but she's like become like a, a thought leader um, in the Black community. Long story short, she has um, two children and she posted a picture like a couple of weeks ago that just stood with me, the caption. It was a picture of her holding her, her little girl. And just like snuggling with her. And in the caption, it, and I'm paraphrasing, it says something about how she loves her children like endlessly and softly and tenderly. And she is so natural to her. And she gets mad because she never got that as a child herself. Mm. And that resonated so much with me. Because I feel the same way, you know, my kids, like I'll never forget the first day I was in the hospital. I had just given birth to my first um, son 
And I was looking at him because I was like, I remember praying to God, like, oh, God, help me do this right. Like, I was just staring at him because I was just like, I just want to be good to him. So mm. it just helped me to, I don't even know what I'm doing as a parent, like what I sign up for, but God <laughs> helped me. And I remember just feeling like so much love and so much responsibility to just to give him all the good that I could. And I didn't feel like I received that um, myself. And so I'm constantly thinking about that data. Literally every day I think about how can I show up for them today? How can I, yeah. you know, every single day. And one thing that's really important for me is that, you know, I, I want them to feel, to look back on their childhood and say, oh, I know for sure I was loved and I was yes. cherished and I was important in my home. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely. I, yes, I, I agree with you. Constantly thinking about that. Mm-hmm. You know, sharing that story about um, the curl box and mm-hmm. how she stated that really hit me because I felt that way. Mm -hmm. I literally, I remember as a kid, I think I was like, maybe like six, somewhere between six and eight, maybe even nine. And I'm like, I'm running away. Like I was so mad and I got on my bike and I was pedaling. And then I was like, well, I have nothing. Like I can't even go if I wanted to. And I was Mm -hmm. so mad at like my mom or whatever had happened. And I like that story resonated with me because I was like, well, why am I here? And I was like crying and I was so emotional. And even now, like I'm talking about, I'm like, oh, my heart, my chest. But yeah, to not feel or to recognize that at an age that you're just like, well, I don't really, why am I here? Right. Right? Like, what's my purpose when I don't even feel love for my parents? Right. There's so much track, like, um, like drama. Do you know what I mean? Like, why am I here? And then now in my adult age, you know, having my own kids, I'm constantly reminding them like last night, my youngest was bawling 25 minutes. Okay. So she's five now. And when she was, she was wrong. Right. So I was like, no, I don't, I don't give any affection. My husband, I was just like, walk away from her. What she's doing is not right. And I said to, and she was crying, but she goes, she started saying really mean things to herself. She's like, no one loves me. I just, no one's, no one cares about me. Like crying and saying all this stuff, right? Like so dramatic. And I looked at her and I said, stop it. You are doing this out of spite. You know what you're saying is not the truth. What you like, your reaction to the situation is unacceptable. And I'm not going to engage in you saying these mean things about yourself. And after she settled down, went to bed, whatever. And I was reading to her and I was talking to her about it. I'm like, I don't want you to continue saying and um, believing these things. You're upset. You're saying these things, but they're not the truth. And I asked her, I'm like, do you you feel loved in this family? And she's like, yes, I do. Whatever. And like smart kid and very self-aware. And she's like, I was just mad at you guys and whatever she's saying. And I was just like, but you can't get into a habit of saying mean things, because if you do, you will start to believe it and bad things could happen. Mm -hmm. That's fact, right? Mm -hmm. You believe these negative things, you're going to start telling yourself stories, acting out in a way, and we're going to be like, what's wrong with her, (laughs) right? She wasn't like this two weeks ago, right? Yeah. So do you have any experiences like that with your kids at all? Yeah, you know, um, one thing that I have tried, my oldest son is very, um, we'll call him, like, he's either really, really happy, 
or upset. Either way, he brings the whole family in with him. Okay. He has a, this very, I don't know. He's just a lot. Okay. Like very, there's a word for this. They call them something children. I forget, but he's explosive. Okay. Um, So one thing that I've tried to like, and he's gotten a little bit better with age as he's gotten older, a little bit more maturity. Um, What I try to tell him is when he's really upset and he's like not seeing clearly because he's so in his feelings. I just try to remind him, like, I love you. You are loved. We all love you. We care about you. But this is not okay. Like, mm-hmm. the, like, like in this, in these four walls of this house, everybody absolutely adores you. But you cannot do this in the streets because they don't know you. They don't know how amazing you are. Like, they'll just see this and think that this is you. Is this moment? you is this what Noah's about and he'll say no I'm just like okay so I get that you're upset but you're in control of yourself Mm -hmm. like you control your brain don't let your brain control you so even if you're upset let's talk about it you have so many words to describe what you're feeling talk to me don't do all of this stuff like I my job and everybody's job in this house and we want to help you so help us help you like we, that's, that's what we live for. We love you guys so much. So you have to like help us help you. Um, so I try to explain to him constantly and reassure him how much he is loved. Um, because to your point, I remember back when I was, I think around 11 was my first thought of like, why am I even here? You know, I always felt like a burden in my house and like, I never want him to feel like a bur- or any of my kids to feel like burdens. I want them to feel like they're like, we're happy to have them. You know what I mean? And even mm-hmm. when they're acting up, um, we may not like the behavior, but we still love them. I try to explain that to him a lot too. Like your Separate. behavior is unacceptable, mm-hmm, but you are my everything. I love you. You are the best thing that happened to me. Um, just so that way, hopefully those seeds can be planted and just just flourish from there. It's so true. And it's hard. It's a work. Like it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. And do you ever think like, are you here to teach me something? Like what is, I I'm always reflecting on like, well, what is it that I should be learning here about this situation? Because they trigger me. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yes. So I'm like upset sometimes and I have to like really step back and think like, why why like what is it what's the learning behind this because there's always something right and I feel with my two and they're so young but still at the same time I'm like you brought these two in for a reason like absolutely absolutely my I always say that my oldest one has taught me to be more flexible because I had a really rigid idea of what parenthood would be like I honestly thought that I'd be giving birth to myself So I know how to deal with me. I'm pretty easygoing. I don't want to ruffle feathers. I don't want to upset people. My oldest does not give a damn. Like he's doing this for him. If you like it, great. If you don't, great, whatever. And Mm -hmm. I have learned to be flexible and I've learned that love when it comes to children, I can't, I can help they're like gardens. I can help till the soil, but I don't, I'm not in control of the actual fruit that bears, you know, (laughs) like I could want to grow tomatoes all I want, 
But like, if it's actually going to be, I don't know, a zucchini is really not up to me. (laughs) Um, So all I can do is nurture as much as I can and help them, uh, especially with Noah, because his personality is really strong. Um, All I can do is help him be his best self. His best self is, does not look anything like me and that's okay. And that's been a really tough um, pill to swallow because I just knew that like, my kid that I was in control. I thought that I would control the the outcome of the person. Nope. They come to earth with their full personalities and I have to maneuver because I don't want him to feel bad about his personality. Cause I think his, um, his headstrongness can be really great when he's older, you know, right yeah. now it's challenging for us as parents, <laughs> but if he has this strong will to like, I'm going to get this done, I think it could be really, it's a superpower, really. So, right. and his um, being triggered, I, girl, I get it. Um, mm, 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 I get it. The first like four, five years had, were stressful and I had to like, let go of my control. Like I didn't realize I had controlling tendencies. So my therapist was just like, you're trying to control him. He's not somebody to be controlled. You can mold and like help direct, but you can't control him. Even though he's a child, he's still a person. And that has been my lesson with him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that on so many levels. So how do you find balance in mothering your children? Balance. Now I've come to a place where um, I want, I always want my kids to um, see me as being an honest person, right? So I'm transparent to a, at an age appropriate level. So I, before I felt the need to always be on and always be happy and always be, you know, pleasant mom and in a good mood and all that stuff. But now I'm just like, no. At the end of the day, like, I, I'm not in a good mood. Like, yeah, and that's it. okay. Right. Yep. And it is okay. And some days you might wake up and you're not in a great mood and that's okay too, you know? Um, or if I'm like sad, I never wanted to like show like real feelings. If I'm sad, I'll be sad before I used to like hide, like when I would cry. Now I will cry at the kitchen table. <laughs> like, And <laughs> It's okay. Like, and, you know, and I think it's, it's important for me to um, raise children who are empathetic. And I think um, being able to practice that around the house um, might help. So yeah, I've just been, I've been more open and so, so they can see the full gamut that I'm a person. Yeah. I'm mommy first, but I'm a person too. And a person with feelings, just like you. Yeah. And it, and it almost gives them um, their own identity around their feelings, right? Like my girls have big emotions. They blow up. And like, I see that in me. It just is. They're so young. They don't have words though. Right. Yeah. So it's just to show them like, yes, you know, cry about it. If you're upset, speak it, say it, like, let it out. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, I grew up in a very, um, very like traditional Christian home where we're taught like there's no other emotion besides happiness and gratefulness right and I feel like that just 
was a, a, a detriment. Like I grew up like kind of emotionally stunted and I just wasn't honest with myself because I felt like, well, even though, you know, everything sucks right now, well, I still have to be thankful and I still have to be happy because things could be worse and God is good. And yes, those things are true, but like also there, we have a full range of emotion. And I think it's important for us to tap into that. So to your point, like, you know, with the kids, it's okay to show them that, we have a full range of emotion. It's okay to express those things. Um, And for me, I have boys and I don't want my boys to walk around and to one day be one of those men who are like emotionally constipated because they don't share their feelings. (laughs) Like, mm -mm, no, you are, yes, you're a a boy, but you are human first and all humans (laughs) have feelings and it's important to work those feelings out. Yeah, it's so true. Do you have a gratitude practice? Um, I think kind of. I think it's like inherently built in in a way because of my upbringing. Um, I especially in these past few months, um, things have not been ideal, right? I'm in like a transition with like my business and like also with my profession. I'm trying to trying to pivot out of academia. Um, and so every time I wake up, I am just, I wake up really grateful. And the first thing I do is like, you know, thank God for, for firstly, my kids, like, cause my little one wakes me up first. He'll like walk in and he's just walking sunshine. He's just so happy 99.9% of the time. And he like walks in, hey mom. And I'm just like, oh, thank God for my kids. They're healthy. Thank God for all the things that I, I have and that I am. Um, and things that are not great right now, I, I'm grateful in advance. I know that they will be better. Um, right. so I think inherently I have like a built-in gratitude practice. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that. And is that with that gratitude practice, do you try to share with your children? Oh, you absolutely. With the boys? Yes. Yes. We talk about things and, um, growing up with a, a mom who is not so emotionally present, um, so she would only t- talk to me about things like this. So again, because I'm so intentional about trying to cultivate this feeling in this house that like we're loved and that we're all each other's best friends. That's what I'm trying to get to. Cause I want them to still enjoy us when they're teenagers. And I realize that mm-hmm. the foundation has to start right here. Um, so I, whenever I'm feeling grateful for them, I'll say it. So the other day, I was in my office and what was I, I think I read an email that was like positive or maybe it was a bad email. Actually, it was like a, a no email. It was a rejection email. I was like, whatever. So I like go out into the living room and the kids were there. And I was just like, you know, what? I am so grateful for y'all. Like yeah. my mom lives with us and she was in the kitchen. I'm just like, I'm so grateful for you, mom. Like, thank you for, you know, making our meals most of the time. I'm just like, I'm just so grateful for y'all. Like, you guys are awesome. And then my oldest was just like, and he was like, you know, I'm grateful for you too. And I'm grateful for, he like said a couple of things, but he said, I'm grateful for you. And I'm grateful for, I think his video game, but I'm like, whatever, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I, I just wanted him to, I want them to like find things to be happy and grateful for, and also to speak on it. Um, yes. You know, like tell people that, that you care about them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, don't just think about like, oh, I love these people or I'm so grateful for them. No, tell people how you feel too. So I'm trying to do that by modeling that because in my home, we didn't really do that. Um, 
you just assumed you were loved and cared for. So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And to add to that piece, one of the things I ask my girls every night is, what are you grateful for, for today? And it doesn't even like, they say the randomest things, you know, like playing with this person. I don't even care what they say 90% of the time. What I care about is that they have something to tell me because at this age, right? What's important to them means literally nothing to me, but (laughs) it's that they have something that they can sit there and think about, well, yeah, this went well, you know, and they could recognize like, I should be grateful for it. And yeah, it's a, it's a piece that I find, um, I hope, and I intend that they take with them, right. Kind of like what you said, modeling it, right. Like I'll tell them what I um, am grateful for and things like that. Um, Cassandra, one last thing, can you tell us or share some, um, inspiration with the listeners on, you know, how they can continue to, cause you know, the podcast is, um, living your best life and self-acceptance is pretty much the pillars and our mindset. So what type of inspiration can you just share before you leave today? You know, I think a lot of times being like in this age where a lot of us spend time on social media, it's really easy to feel like we're not doing enough or we are not enough or we are not where we quote unquote should be. Um, And sometimes it's hard to, yeah, feel like you're enough or that things are going the way they should be in your life. So I just want for people to recognize that they are enough. And if you are in a season right now where things just are not panning out the way you'd want them to be, they're not ideal, just remember that it's it's not forever. You know, um, being down um, or just, just things not working out is not gonna be like this forever. And if you're feeling stuck and just not sure where you're, purposes or what you should be doing next, or you feel like you don't have any talent. I really encourage people to sit down, take like 10, 15 minutes and write down all of the things that you have accomplished. Let's say in the last, let's say five years or two years or a year, write down all of the things that you said that you wanted to do and that you did. Cause we get so caught up in just doing and doing and doing, not looking back at all that we've actually done. And then we get hard on ourselves. So it's important to write down a list of all the things that you said you're going to do that you actually accomplished to remind yourself just how powerful you are, just how capable you are, just how brilliant you are. Because I feel like all of us, each and every one of us has a gift and has brilliance within us. And it's important that we remind ourselves because unfortunately the world is not going to remind us, you know, Uh, the world will tell us how we're deficient and we need to buy this product or this course or this thing um, in order to be better. But we're, yes, of course you want to, um, it's important for us to try to be growing constantly, but remember how much you've already grown and how far you've already come. So just a reminder that you are brilliant yet you are wonderful. And that also that you are loved because I think a lot of us need to remember that we are loved because we're human, right? Yeah. Thank you for such inspiring words. (laughs) Um, 
I am going to leave all of your details for your podcast below in the podcast notes. So all of you can um, reach out or even connect with Cassandra and make sure you tune in to her podcast. I hope all of you enjoyed Cassandra being on the show as much as I did. I love having nourishing conversations on this show. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and that is aim for you consulting or on LinkedIn at aim for you consulting as well. Until next week, ladies, continue to aim for you and be well.